Hey, look, I'm excited by this. I love this. I, I'm a Second Amendment guy, and now more than ever before, as uh, law and order disintegrates all around us, cops are under uh, siege, um, I think law-abiding citizens, I look up the Constitution, according to that, <laughs> my analysis is, if I want a gun, I should have one. Right now, all the crazy rules and laws that we have, especially in New York, well, until the Supreme Court overruled them, you know, I'm sorry, but only outlaws are going to have guns under these procedures. Uh, if you want to carry a gun legally in New York, there are all kinds of crazy hoops and hurdles you got to jump through and convince a bunch of strangers of your compelling need. And I'm sorry, it's in the Constitution. Let me just read from the New York Times here. Fake news, but let's see. Uh, Supreme Court and Senate take rare divergent steps on gun safety, signaling a shift that will reverberate nationwide. The Supreme Court ruled six to three to limit the ability of state and local governments to restrict guns outside the home. I think that's good news. Now, wait a second. There's also this. Hours later, the Senate advanced a bipartisan gun safety bill that responded to a spate of mass shootings. Now, the Senate, they just want to show that they can do something. All right, let's bring in a... No kidding, bona fide expert, Judge Richard Weinberg. Judge, welcome back. Uh, you're here all the time. It's great to have you on my show, though. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be with you, Greg. Thanks for having me. Judge, what do you think of the uh, decision? I think uh, it's, un- it's not unexpected. It's the right decision. The Second Amendment uh, is not a secondary right. Uh, Justice... Uh, Thomas and the decision, the majority decision, made it clear that it's not a two-tier analysis. The Second Amendment says that. However, before people uh, run off and get crazy and think that uh, it's going to be the Wild West, understand they still made it clear. And if you look at Thomas's decision and the two concurring decisions of uh, Lodo and, uh, and Kavanaugh, you can still have reasonable regulations and restrictions. What failed in the this case, in the New York case, was you had to go in, you had to show a compelling need why you personally had a necessity to take the gun outside of your, out of your home. It wasn't enough that you had a generalized fear of crime. It had to be something special about you that you had a, for example, you're in a business that a, a cash business. Mm. And that's, and that's what it's about. When they go back and now where we stand now is Supreme Court has sent this back to lower federal courts for further action commensurate with the, uh, the decision, the court will likely put a stay in the uh, the effective date because Hochul, as our our governor, has announced she's going to establish a, a special session of legislation to deal with this. So the likelihood is a, a federal judge will keep it in play for a very short time. The legislature will come back and they'll try to rewrite the law. All right. Uh, oh, okay. They're going to rewrite the law. Let me just go back to that thing you said. Okay. They are still. You can still have, according to Justice Thomas and Kavanaugh. Reasonable regulations. Exactly. But, but isn't one of the, isn't it, a, it would be reasonable of me in this environment to have a generalized fear of crime and to believe that I need a weapon to protect myself, especially when we see such a, a scarcity of police officers, especially in the subway. Now more than ever before, you know, we know that police have been inhibited by political leadership to do anything. Will that be sufficient? Will that be a sufficient reason? I think I think you've hit it right on the head. If you have this generalized fear of crime now, you no longer have to show a particular need because of your individual particular circumstances. So I think your point is is very well taken. I think it's the right interpretation of the decision. When I say reasonable restrictions, I mean, for example, that you can have a waiting period before 
getting it from the application, a background check, a history of uh, of criminal activity or domestic violence or mental illness. Those are reasonable restrictions that could limit a person's right to to get a license. All right, because would you your your experience, Judge? Would you say my takeaway is that the laws that we have generally have made it so that criminals can easily have guns and law-abiding citizens can't? I think the problem is, and the statistics uh, verify this nationwide, that only in a handful of cases, when crime occurs with a gun. Was that gun a legal gun? It's always the illegal guns that are causing 95%, I think, the statistic. 95%. So my takeaway that all of these rules, all of these regulations, generally speaking, keep the guns out of the hands of law-abiding people and in the hands of criminals. I think that's a fair reading. And I'll tell you, as a forget about being a lawyer or as a, or as a Supreme Court justice. My view is if I'm in a crowded theater and somebody's starting to shoot, I want a good guy with a gun to fire back and take out the bad guy. And every common sense American realizes that's an important uh, right to have. The right to self-defense is a is a basic fundamental right. And Justice Thomas, in his opinion, has recognized that as well as uh, the people who joined him in the opinion. And Kavanaugh and uh, Loto went out of their way to point out that they weren't blowing out this Entirely, they're just saying you can have reasonable restrictions. But it's not a reasonable restriction under the majority opinion to say that you, Greg Kelly, or I, Richard Weinberg, have to show personally why we need a gun as yeah. opposed to generalized fear. Judge, what is the most you've ever sentenced somebody to prison? Uh, seven to ten years. Seven to ten years. Mm-hmm. What they do wrong? Drug trafficking, cartel activities. Uh, also, as a judge, I used to routinely get these, uh, requests from the uh, parole board. My opinion about shortening the sentence to let somebody out and then deport them. And the position I took on the 15 years I was on the bench, I always said, I'll be happy to let them, uh, go back and be deported. But after they do every day at a time, I sentence them. I like it. I like it. Now I'm a little surprised. Seven to 10 years. I mean, that's serious time, but it's not exactly life. I mean, no, uh, I, and, and. Under uh, state law, you get a uh, good time, so it's not even a real seven to ten. It's uh, it's two thirds of that time. Would you say were you a soft touch when it came to sentencing? And it's okay. I mean, I'm just. I mean, well, well. <laughs> am I a soft touch? No, I, I I'm not a soft touch now. I wasn't then, and I never will be. And all the judges I'm friendly with. Uh, I just had dinner with a, a whole cluster of my former colleagues a couple of weeks ago. None of us were soft touches. We understood our fundamental obligation was to keep the public safe. Now, what about we did now? You know, I know there are all these people that are reimagining the criminal justice system and uh, they say systemic racism, this and mass incarceration. That's something that bothers me. Mass incarceration. There actually is no such thing, is there? Mass incarceration to me suggests that, you know, you round up a bunch of people and throw them in jail at the same time. That is a myth. We have due process. Everybody gets their day in court. Am I? And I, I don't think I'm, you know, naive or over simplifying things. Am I? I hate to keep agreeing with you, but <laughs> you're absolutely right, Craig. There's a, there's, a, there's a mythology there that somehow defendants who are convicted and doing their time, they're, they're victims. Actually, the victims are the ones, the innocent victims, every day who go out in the streets and who are raped, mugged, armed robberies. Uh, grand larceny, 
organized cartel activities, gang gang violence. Those are the people who are the criminals. And if they're convicted after the due process, and after a fair trial, and after all the, the hearings and all the appeals, if they're, they're in jail, they're in jail for a reason. And you shouldn't be letting people out who are a threat to, to public safety. Let me make this very, very clear. New York is the only state in the United States that does not give judges doing arraignments the right to hold somebody in based on dangerousness. The Dangerous, only one. yeah. The only one. The federal system yeah. allows you to do it in all the other states as well. We need that back. Judge Weinberg, so appreciated, sir. Great stuff. To be continued, let's do this again. We'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 